Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of the Coin Press Podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today, I am joined by Steve Gerbino, CTO of the Coinos Group. Welcome, Steve. Hello. Thank you for having me. Good to see you again. Glad to have you. Yeah, this is the second time you've been on the pod. Uh, last time you weren't the CTO. Uh, how's that role change been going? Any noticeable impact to your day-to-day? Um, slightly, slightly. Okay. Um, sure. Mostly still just doing the hands-on development. You know, yeah. we're a small team. And so there's not, you know, there's really no choice. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit of interfacing with other companies, you know, Sure. Nothing major. Yeah, cool. Probably uh, evolve more as you as you get into some hiring and and building up the company. But cool. Yeah. All right. So I have you on today because it was just announced that all the work leading up to uh, V4 and mainnet is complete. Correct me if I'm wrong on that statement at all. Uh, as of right now, 100% accurate. Um, I mean, the whole point of the testing phase is, you know, to look for any issues and, yeah. and vulnerabilities and, you know, things like that could spawn slight changes. But uh, I would say that Coinos is feature complete now. Yeah. So we have all the features that we want to deliver on mainnet. And uh, we would just like to do additional kind of wider testing, uh, have people play around with the APIs and smart contracts and kind of exercise the code a bit. So there may be, you know, fixes, changes, uh, but no major features need to be written. And so they would be minor. If that's all. Yeah. Um, the, the launch of V3 went off without a hitch, like scary quiet. Uh, so don't know that we can necessarily expect the same for V4, but, um feels good to have feature complete and know you're going into testing and it's just hardening hardening the system now so super cool yeah. um so no date for the v4 launch yet i know you're doing some internal testing um what are you waiting for in terms of you know what what are you doing between now and the v4 launch um so we're preparing a, a kind of an, an exciting way to launch v4 uh so we're working on that um we're currently updating documentation Mm -hmm. such that we have kind of supporting information to help people uh produce blocks using proof of burn try to have a place to point people when they have questions so mostly documentation updating preparation for a unique style of launch for us. Cool. And um, I'm just doing a little a little bit of cleanup on the ABIs, just just tiny little stuff uh, gotcha. for consistency. You know? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Crossing the T's, dotting the I's, essentially. Sounds good. Um, I won't make you give away your secrets, but do you want to give us any hints on the, on the V4 launch, why that's going to be cool? Um, it may be a little bit interactive. Cool. That's it. That's all <laughs> I can give you, though. All right. Sounds good. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Um, so then with V4 launched, looking ahead, 
and staring down mainnet. Um, obviously, you have a testing period. Do you, as a team, have any sense of how long you want to make that? Obviously, things could come up that necessitate it being longer. Um, but what's your your target right now? Let's see. What is it? August. Maybe two to three months. Okay. Something like that. Um, we we basically have been hand you know heads down uh, writing features this whole time, and what we really want to do is free up the team members to uh, really abuse the network. Uh, yeah. Look, you know, look for any kind of holes, audit ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, work with uh, you know community members, addressing their concerns, uh, things like that. Cool. So that's what we kind of want to. We want to have this two or three month time where we can, uh, you know, exercise the code uh, as to to the best of our ability, essentially. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that, that seems like a new a... feature. Every time you write a new feature, it's like you got to go back and you got to poke at it, audit it, you know. So we really want to have like a feature freeze. Yeah. You know, and then exercise the code yeah that so, makes sense you know, we might even look to like dog food a little bit um write write our own dApps front ends play with it you know things like that yeah awesome yeah and for people who don't aren't familiar with that term dog food just means to um you know eat your own product basically uh so because you've built coinos you want to act as a user of it build dApps try stuff out yeah right right we want to discover any pain points you know it's yeah. it's very easy when you know it's like oh yeah you just got to reese you know you just got to shut this down and start it up or change this in the config uh you know we know that because we wrote it that way but you know to come out of user perspective you really want to smooth out the rough edges and so that we could take this time to do just that awesome um well that's great so no, we're we're moments away from v4 and a uh, couple months away from mainnet uh feels like it's a it's a great time to be coming into the community though i am biased uh <laughs> so for i guess there, there's a couple angles to this i'm curious for people um who you would typically work be working with as the cto um other companies who are looking to build on Coinos, maybe they want to leverage the blockchain framework, maybe we're talking about individuals who are trying to design dApps. Um, what would be kind of your advice to them right now in terms of getting started with Coinos? Well, um, I would encourage them to join Discord, mm -hmm. uh, run some examples, uh don't be shy ask questions uh reach out to coinos group mm -hmm. we're always interested in helping uh dapps with their launch or, or and essentially help them succeed in any way possible obviously we're building an l1 platform that alone isn't exciting it's really everything that can be built on top of it so it's you know, it's in the whole community's best interest to 
assist anyone, any entrepreneur or developer who wants to build something new on yeah. Coinbase. So yeah, don't be shy is the main thing. Make yourself known. There's a lot of stuff for you to test out, play around with, and everyone's very friendly and receptive. So join in. You know? Awesome. Yeah, it's a really exciting time because none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's brand new. So I mean, I'm working with uh, with Kui on a, a burn pool, and um, you know, I've got to get an NFT contract put together, and hopefully a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, just figuring it out day by day. So it's been a, a great community for me, and I'm I'm hopeful we get more and more people in who uh, who can experience it in these early days because it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's and and I would I would add you know there's no dumb ideas. Yeah, there's definitely use cases that were not possible before, mm -hmm. and uh, experiment. Uh, yeah, you know, let yourself run wild, see what you come up with. <laughs> you know, I, we we might be surprised at what coinos will be used for. I, we're hoping that that's the case. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so jumping off of that and what Coinos can be used for, uh, it's likely that as more and more people come in, we'll get more and more transactions and we'll start to reach kind of the upper limit of what the Coinos mainnet can support uh, in terms of TPS. Um, there's obviously a lot of scaling solutions that y'all have started looking into. Uh, but before we talk about that, I'm curious, in your internal testing, do you have a sense of like how fast the network's going to be? Or uh, is that hard to estimate just based on the nature of it being a decentralized network? I, I don't really know. You know, we, we've done some internal testing, but not, um, we haven't really gotten accurate metrics on it. Uh, I assume that we will be doing that probably during the testnet v4 uh one of the tests that we do is uh we call it the fire hose yeah and where we just spit as many transactions at the network as as we can um we we've done it internally with uh v4 um but it, it wasn't really it, it wasn't giving us an accurate tps number because our accounts, you know, we didn't supply, you know, everyone with sufficient mana and subsequent, you know, the test is yeah. designed to be chaotic. So sure. the first thousand or so go in and then they start to lose mana and then they start failing and the block producer needs to uh, handle that and the mempool needs to get cleared out. So it's, it's not really a good TPS metric. We, so I don't have a number for you. Sure. Uh, but it's something that we should be looking at. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we need, we want to look at uh, together and tweak, mm -hmm. and th that would include block size, the target block interval, mm -hmm. and all these things together. Uh, like we're gonna get, you know, changing one thing is gonna affect another thing. So there's there's a couple of metrics that we want to look at kind of holistically and tweak things. Yeah. So that's probably something we'll be doing during the testnet v4 phase and get some numbers out there. Cool. Awesome. 
Um, I can yeah. tell you that it's faster than Ethereum for sure. <laughs> That's good. Ethereum uh, was getting what seven TPS. Yeah, we were. I'll tell you, I was doing some rough uh, calculation, and it was in the range of basically what Solana was pulling. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember what it was at the time. It's like a couple of hundred TPS, but that was somewhere in the middle of testnet three. It was unoptimized. And yeah, we're going to change TPS to transfers per second since all transactions are not equal. And it really doesn't tell you much, but a transfer is a pretty cheap transaction. So let's call it transfers per second. So we're, you know, yeah, yeah. apples to apples. That's that's helpful because I, I know a lot of uh, well maybe not a lot but some blockchains out there uh, artificially inflate their numbers on transactions per second because there's a lot of you know system transactions that are happening that are right. <laughs> unavoidable but they don't mean anything to yeah. the average we user. Wanna, yeah, yeah we want to look at it from a realistic point of view like yeah. maybe user created transfers per second to be very clear. Cool. Like yeah. someone submitting and transferring coin, for instance. How many people can do that per second? You know. Cool. That's what we'll be looking at. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's almost a, uh, you know, there's a couple good articles to write there. You know, say <laughs> TPS is a misleading number, and and here's why we're using UC TPS or whatever. Right. right. Cool. Right. Um, awesome. So we'll launch and uh, be optimistically at pretty good TPS, and that'll probably maintain the the network demand for quite a while. Um, but going down the road, uh, have you looked into like the ZK rollups or you know any other technology there that we could use for, for more advanced scaling, whether that's L2 or um, you know whatever? Is that something that you would be looking at as the Coinos group, or are you interested in partnering with some other uh, group that's already built an L2 or something like that? Well, we've uh, we've discussed it internally, and what we what we're trying to do, and not just uh, scaling capabilities, but any kind of enhancement, is basically not box ourselves in. Mm. So. To give ourselves a smooth upgrade path with whatever we decide to do. Part of the strategy here was there's there's several different you know scaling techniques that are you know being attempted right now, yeah. and the thought is that we won't need it right away, and by the time we do need it, there may be a battle tested really good solution out there that we could adopt uh and we basically want to keep the doors open to do just that so that was basically kind of the strategy uh for coinos at this point yeah but uh, there are members who are very interested in in scaling so i'm sure that we will be you know looking at that uh, i think that if we are forced to look at scaling sooner than later that would be a pretty successful situation uh, for Coinos. Yeah, right? yeah. I would agree with that. Um, it's a good problem to have. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and that makes a lot of sense. You're you're focusing on keeping a really strong 
upgradable nugget uh, and making sure that that stays secure, stays you know in good repair, all that. Um, and then leaving, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but leaving a lot of the uh, the auxiliary stuff that happens outside of that to the community with your support, but uh, yeah, let, letting that be uh, community driven, which makes good sense to me in a decentralized project like Coinos. Yeah, we we want simple and robust fundamentals in the launch, sure. and we want to push back on complexities. Mm -hmm. and make sure they're absolutely necessary. It's basically, I, I view it like a currency. I, I need to be getting a very strong feature in order to introduce complexity. Right? Yeah. And we want to be very careful uh, when we make those decisions, right? Yeah. So keep it very simple. It's <laughs> the strategy. Makes sense. Um, and also, anything that can be pushed upward should be. Right. That keeps the uh, you know L one the fundamental layer as simple as possible, right? So it's likely to happen at some point in the future where the community will rally behind an idea. There'll be a proposal that you know maybe it's a smart contract upgrade, maybe it's a new microservice or a, you know a hard fork or whatever that you know kind of goes against your core ethos as the Coinos group. Um, mm -hmm what what's your thought on um i mean obviously you'll have influence in that situation but what's your thought on handling that you know if it harms your upgradeability um <laughs> well my yeah. personal opinion is that um i can start this out right yeah and you know at, at once mainnet goes live it that's what decentralized decentralization is it's got, we got to let it go it's going yeah. to grow on its own and we mm -hmm. hope that w what we want to happen is essentially dap darwinism you know i'm not yeah. going to tell you what to build the market will decide what's a good application and what isn't and when it comes to upgrades you know when when you have a, a decentralized governance system it's out of your control right mm -hmm. we have the influence proportional to our you know, holding our coin holdings, right? And, and that's right. really what it is. Right. So I expect it to happen. Mm -hmm. I'll use, you know, and uh, I, I think a successful launch of mainnet and a good starting place is what we can do. Yeah. And we can provide guidance and be accurate of how we think things will affect the network but ultimately you know our baby's 18 they're they're not a minor anymore do you know right. what i mean yep it's gonna do what it's gonna do exactly um so then looking so so you mentioned that your your power on the network is your coin holding right um kind of yeah it, it, it'll be it'll be essentially your block production right right so yeah. it'll be kind of your vhp what yeah. you've decided to burn right so we might be you know using a portion to delegate mana in order to facilitate uh, facilitate dapps right and that wouldn't really apply to our 
voting power. So it's really the VHP that we've acquired in the block production that we run. And that's that's your votes in, in the governance system, which is just the governance system we launched, right? Which could totally right. change later. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, so with your stash then, uh, delegating mana or uh, burning for participation in block production, um, uh, it seems obvious that you're probably going to be pretty fluid in that. You know, at times when you don't need as much mana, you'll be more on the block production. Or if there's a proposal out there that you really need to throw your weight behind, you'll jump in there. Um, or if you just have a ton of companies that really need mana, you might, you know, wean yourself off. Uh, but in terms of at launch, do you have a sense of your your strategy with um, with mining, how much as a percentage you're going to burn, um, how many nodes you're going to run, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, we haven't, you know, discussed any fine details up to this point, but we're definitely going to want to go heavy in block production at first to ensure a secure network on launch. Yeah. That's what I would imagine. If I, I haven't discussed the details here with, with the rest of the team, but I would imagine, uh, well, you know, when a blockchain first launches, that's pretty much the most vulnerable point. Right. Uh, so we would want to ensure the security of the network, at least initially. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Um, so then mainnet's going to launch. You're going to throw your weight into mining. Uh, and then probably for for a period of time, you'll do a lot of support, right? Updating documentation, helping people get started with dApps, um, just making sure the network's still running smoothly, a lot of monitoring. At some point, things will get a little bit easier. You'll be kind of in the groove. Maybe you'll do some hiring. Um, what's really next for the Coinos group, the company, beyond you know, that initial phase of mainnet and early support. Yeah, um, our whole, I think our, our strategy as a whole uh, is to really um, kind of foster the ecosystem, really to, to kind of help people where we can and really build up uh, the community, especially sure. developers. We feel like strong dApps are the key. I mean, there's no reason to use it without great dApps. Yeah. You know, sure, there's transferring value over the network, but you know, it's a general purpose smart contract platform, and great dApps make the ecosystem great, right? And so, I think that's a focus for Coinos Group is to. Uh, advocacy, yeah. Um, um, marketing, mm -hmm. um, technical support, documentation, that kind of stuff, and also product tools that will help uh, entrepreneurs launch uh, businesses. Uh, you know, we we believe that we'll be able to do a lot of that stuff uh cheaper at scale so that's one of the things we've been talking about internally for instance like 
API access, all sorts of custom microservices to answer different sets of queries that would be, you know, advantageous for different dApps. Um, yeah. NFT related, maybe DRM related, uh, cool. you know, just or you know, or even just providing uh, affordable backend API access for front ends. Right? Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, so really just filling the needs <laughs> of the network, right? Right. Yeah, right. makes sense. Um, so in terms of, I mean, you're a company, right? You got to keep the lights on. Uh, this might be an Andrew question, but in terms of like where you're at past mainnet, um, supporting people is fantastic, but it's not always super profitable, at least in the short term, right? Mm -hmm. So do you have any plans for uh, more immediate profitability, whether or not you have need for that? Any plans for VC money coming in, selling some coin? Just curious. Well, we have um, we have options on the table. Mm -hmm. um, Always a good thing. Right. Uh, you know, and a lot of it depends on the success of the mainnet launch, what routes we'll take. Sure. Um, obviously, at some point, you need U.S. dollars, yeah. uh, right, to yep. uh, you know pay for servers. You know what we really want to do is, um, you know, really create the business around not requiring the sale of tokens. Cool. And so, uh, and and some some strategy around that is like the back end API, right? We can't just uh, provide free API access forever, for instance, right? It's right. going to cost us money. We're going to have to forward that cost to users who use the API. And so we're hoping that we can uh, you know, develop that strategy. And I think that we could provide API access cheaper because we're going to do it at scale, right? So right. there's some kind of strategy of getting to that point. Um, but yeah, as far as raising money, we'll have options after mainnet launches, whether that's VC funding or you know, the sale of coin or, yeah. yeah, but we wanna shift away from that as soon as possible, right? Yeah, right, yeah, we wanna We wanna hold as much coin as we can for monodelegations and yep. production, right? We don't wanna, you know, blow the load, right? right. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. so the options are on the table. We, we don't have anything concrete yet and, uh, you know, we're, we discuss and you know reconvene about it, uh, but we're we're good to bring this through through mainnet. And I feel like you know the situation is going to change drastically at mainnet launch, and we really don't know what it's going to look like. Right. Yeah. So as long as we can get to that point and then some, mm -hmm. uh, then we'll really see what op what options are on the table, and we'll you know evaluate and take the best option possible. Yeah, seems like the right play. So reading between the lines, I hear Coinos uh, is going to the moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't say that. <laughs> Come Don't on. buy this coin, you know? Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So um, obviously, y'all have been running super fast, super hot for the last two years. Um, you've had uh, a couple 
kids, a couple people getting married in the, yeah. in the this group. Congratulations. We keep out babies. It's <laughs> um, so I mean, uh, how are your uh, your spouses handling all that? You taking any time off? You planning on slowing down at all? <laughs> Man, I, I haven't had any time off in a year. Well, um, well. People are taking some vacations here and there. Um, I, I gotta I gotta have one soon. Yeah. But uh, you know, we're all working really hard. Good. And th there's a th there'll be a time to. Uh, you know, catch your breath. Uh, it's just not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Um, well, I hope it's all as exciting and fulfilling for you as it seems from the outside. Oh, we, we all love what we do, you know, and uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for everyone else, but I, I kind of just did. But for <laughs> me personally, yeah, you know, I, I used to be, you know, writing software for oil trading. How boring is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now I'm, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. This is exciting stuff, exciting technology, working for ourselves. What's awesome. not the love, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um. Okay, so in terms of the community, going back to DApps that you want to see built, um, what are some things that you're particularly excited to see on Coinos? Whether it's you building them or or the community. Uh, are you mainly, you know, looking for parity with Ethereum dApps or are there new ideas coming out that you're excited to see, um, areas that are of particular interest? Broadly. I like DeFi a lot, honestly. DeFi. I'm excited that CoinDex or CoinDX is, is, uh, so far along. They got a really nice user interface. Yeah. I'm excited for CoinDX. Um, you know. On Ethereum, right? You have Uniswap fees and then Ethereum transaction fees. They're going to get undercut. They're going to yeah. get undercut by CoinDX because it's just not possible on Ethereum. I, I think that's exciting. I like decentralized finance even beyond that, and I and I, I look forward to seeing what kind of you know decentralized financial products uh, get proposed and, and eventually built on Coinos. Uh, yeah. I like unstoppable finance. I like unstoppable applications. So. Cool. So Makes yeah, sense. I'm excited that uh, for that. I also think um, I think that gaming uh, will, you know, gaming has a large following. There's, there's a ton of gamers, and you know, it'll bring a lot of people onto blockchain. And I think that Coinos uh, has a unique set of features that really, uh, you know, facilitate gaming DApps mm -hmm. because of the free nature. Agreed. So I'm I'm excited to see uh, that also flourish uh, yeah. on Coinos. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've noticed too. I think you're hitting the the two most obvious uh, use cases for blockchain right now, right? Um, I think yeah. we'll see when it comes to DeFi, because because you're right, Coin like automatically undercuts everybody else by being free, and so with that as a feature and then also the fact that uh the the mempool is first in first out for transactions you're you've created an environment where it's much harder for people to front run you um where on pretty much every other chain you can bid gas and you know hose the person do a swap 
Mm -hmm. um, so in my opinion, I think we'll see with the, with the bridge between Ethereum and Coinos, and as we get a more mature environment, CoinDX and other uh, options, especially if we get like a, a loan dApp or something and, and other cool DeFi features, I think we'll start to see a large amount of other tokens coming over as wrapped uh, tokens on Coinos. And we'll start to see that the Coinos bridge or bridges will have a lot of, uh, of tokens locked and, and held. Um, I think that's going to catch some eyes pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see what I've had that a similar thought myself. You know, if I was going to like day trade and do arbitrage, yeah. I want to get off Ethereum and do all my stuff on Coinos, not right. get banged over the head for, with fees, mm -hmm. and then cash out any which way I wanted to. You know, yeah. I'd want to get out of the fee based model. <laughs> for transactions ASAP, right? You're getting nickel yeah. and dimed. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So yeah, I, I, I've had a similar thought around yeah. that topic. Uh, aside from the obvious ones that I did want to mention, I'm, I'm personally, I'm interested in oracles mm, and putting okay. real life data accessible to smart contracts. I think there's a lot, I haven't, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there that hasn't been tapped yet. Yeah. So aside from the obvious DeFi and gaming, oracles, you know, they tie into that kind of stuff too. But I, I would like to see a good oracle um, implementation on Coinos. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that's another area where, like, you see, um, uh, what's it called? Blockchain? Not blockchain. Um, <laughs> shoot, what's that that oracle called? Chainlink. Chain, thank you, Chainlink. Uh, yeah, so all of like the popular oracles today, they're all off-chain, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? It's all their their own thing, and you know you see this with games too. Games go and start their own blockchain because they want to offer a free experience, um, and so we have these innovative solutions, oracles, games, whatever, and the people who are building these innovations are forced to spend time on something that's not really a value add. No one wants it to be on its own blockchain. Mm -hmm. It's just they have to dodge fees and make it accessible or they have no business. So mm -hmm. the fact that Coinos exists, I think, is going to create an environment where oracles can come in and really just focus on building the best oracle they can. And the same goes for games that, you know, just innovate on mainnet and then don't worry about all the 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 architecture and weird i need a blockchain i need a bridge i need all this infrastructure just to support my simple idea yeah it'll be interesting you know i i, I haven't had a had a lot of time to you know think about yeah. any of this stuff yeah. Uh, but yeah it would be really exciting you know, to have oracles built in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see, you know, how this all plays out and, and what kind of, you know, developers are attracted to the community and what For they sure. build, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, 
this is all I do is just think about <laughs> where we're it's going. Fun. It's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Um, no, it's it's cool. Um, your podcast could be inspiring the next big thing to be developed on Coinus. I mean, it's I hope it definitely so. has an, an effect. Yeah, um, I was very pleased uh, back when I had uh, Joe Walker on the podcast. He he came up with a lot of his design for a stable coin for Coinos. Um, just out of uh, the interview I had with Quantus the Goat about mana, and um, so yeah, it's it's cool putting content out and really just engaging with the community over ideas has been really rewarding. So the the last year or so of, of me doing this, I've been really pleased to uh, <laughs> to be part of this community. So it's been fun. You know, I, I really I enjoy this community as well. There's not a lot of trolls in our community, is there? <laughs> and everyone's really cool. Uh, yeah. It's just a great community. Yeah. Very welcoming, receptive to new people, helpful. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. we only trolled the moon boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Um, <laughs> cool. So, um, obviously, you're still you know, full-time Coinos group, no change there. Uh, any plans to develop your own dApps on the side or, you know, have you talked with that about that sort of thing with the group or? Perhaps, perhaps, you know, right now it's just so, so much, you know, all my time is involved with this. So there's not really a lot of a spare time to think about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, we did speak about things like, oh, I'd like to build this. And they're like, yeah, well, we would like to build this. All right, well, well maybe we'll do it just as Coinos Group, you know? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Always a good time. Um, and it seems like you and uh, and the rest of the guys on, on the Coinos Group really, at least from the outside, seem to get along. You enjoy working together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way we wouldn't, yeah, we wouldn't be here, you know, if we had you know, internal conflict. We've been working together for a very long time now, actually. Yeah. You know, from Steam. And then the last two years in change. It's been uh it's been great. I love my coworkers, so yeah. Awesome. No brainer. Very cool. Um so circling back to where we started on this thing, we were talking about V4. One of the things that's included there is token claiming. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, obviously, you're writing some documentation on this and, and how that process is going to look. Um, but since you've built it, can you give us kind of a preview on what that looks like for, for people? Yeah. yeah, you'll basically use um, something like uh, my Ether wallet or, or something to that effect that um, you will sign a message, uh, mm -hmm. which will be like a you know, this was my ETH address. This is my coin address. You sign that message with your Ethereum key and submit the transaction to the chain. And then the chain will mint new coin to you. Gotcha. The address you specified. It, it should be pretty simple. It's one transaction that proves that you are the owner of the Ethereum key. Mm -hmm. And it also ensures that you have the key to the coin you want it sent to. So. Gotcha. It'll be as simple as that. New okay. coin will be minted then to you. 
Okay, so it's not going to be like pre-minted and sitting in the wallet ahead of time. Correct, right? So if like at launch, when you ask for the total supply, it'll be zero, right? Mm. When you claim your coin, like you'll be able to query uh, and say, oh, how many are unclaimed? Like how many can appear if people claim it? You know, you'll be able to find that out. But the moment that you make the claim, we're literally calling the mint entry point on coin to create it from from nothing, right? Sure. And send it to you. So cool. Yeah, basically if half the people never claim their coin, there'll be fifty percent of the coin on mainnet, right? That that's what it will look like and behave like. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I will definitely claim mine. <laughs> <laughs> As will I, yeah. Yeah. Uh so so then with claiming happening and, and new coin being minted, um what I guess so as time passes, how are you gonna ensure that uh, people aren't like accumulating the ERC twenty and then claiming or something like that? Accumulating the ERC well well you mean accumulating the ERC twenty and then later there'll be a snapshot on Ethereum, right? And anything okay. that happens after that snapshot is unaccounted for. Right. So there, you can't do that. Um, yeah. When when the chain starts, we have a, a concept we call Genesis data. And Genesis mm -hmm. data, all the data in Coinos is key value store, right? But on Genesis, at the first block, the chain is seeded with this Genesis data, data that started mm -hmm. even before block one, right? Okay. And that actually determines what the chain ID is. is. Uh, so whatever in that Genesis data, that's it. It's set in stone. So there's no changing that or buying ERC-20 ERC yeah. is later and claiming, no, that doesn't exist. When that, that snapshot is made, that will seed the Genesis data. And if it's in there, it's in there. If it's not, it's not. And gotcha. That's, that's it. So you're not, you know, when I put in my my message that's signed with my address, you're not querying Ethereum at a specific no. block number or anything no. like that. Okay. All happening. Right, right. Everyone's uh ERC twenty balances are seeded into Coinos at launch time. Gotcha. Cool. Very interesting. So then it so that makes sense how you can query like the uh, unclaimed amounts. Right, that. right. Yeah. Cool um okay so that's the claim process makes good sense is there going to be a an interface for that or is that all cli at this point well we didn't develop the interface i think that we probably want to yeah to make it really easy for those who are non-technical uh -huh. for the testnet 4 release it's all cli right now sure but this is part of the we should you know smooth out the rough edges during the testnet 4 process so we've we've already talked about developing a a front end like a web page yeah um that will you know we'll, we'll we'll devise a way that it can be done securely and so people yeah. won't screw it up you know makes sense cool so let's see what am i not asking <laughs> uh we could talk about proof of burn, which I'm really excited yes. about. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. So, proof of burn. Um, obviously, you completed the contract quite recently. Um, 
and the, the well actually this is a good good point um what's the architecture of proof of burn there's something in a microservice something in a smart contract <laughs> things talk to each other yeah yeah so we have the um pob contract which you can oh. check out it's uh coino system contracts as on github for assembly oh. scripts shout out to roman thank you yeah for writing the assembly script sdk we're loving it um so yeah, we wrote the uh, proof of burn contract there. And what that does is uh, it's got an endpoint. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of endpoints, you know, that the block producer uses to, you know, know how to make proofs and all that. But the main one that users interact with will be burn, mm-hmm. right? And you'll send your coin uh, to this endpoint. The proof of burn contract will burn the coin and mint VHP uh, okay. one for one. And once you have a VHP balance, uh, you'll you'll put this information into the block producer. Um, the key the key that's signing uh, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the address that has the VHP. And this okay. is so people can run block producers without making their valuable account hot. Yeah. Okay. So you there's a process in which you associate your address that contains the VHP with mm-hmm. the public key that is hot. Um, and so there's you know a, a, an association there. It's gotcha. I think it's called register register public key. And so you'll tell the block producer in the config file that. You know, you'll give it the VHP address, the proof of burn address, and um, the producer address, and your key. And yeah, so basically what it'll do is, you know, it'll query the proof of burn contract, get consensus parameters, and it'll, you know, do the uh, VRF functions to see if your uh, block is meeting the difficulty for the particular quantum. Sure. Okay. And so that's the basic process. Um, so you can, so each quantum is 10 milliseconds. Mm-hmm. And you will continually look for a quantum that you can produce a valid block on up to five seconds uh, mm-hmm. later which is when the chain will reject block saying, you know, that's too far in the future, stop it. So you'll have a picture, all these little slots and you will be continually hearing about blocks coming in. And whenever a new head is like, all right, that's the head. Let me try to build off of that. And it'll, all the little slots, it'll see if you fit. And when it does, you'll submit a block. And uh, that's essentially how it works. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, yeah, the more VHP you have, mm-hmm. the lower that value is basically for the difficulty. Difficulty is some big integer, right? And you need to be less than that big integer, right? And yeah. so the VHP is essentially the denominator, right? So you'll get a number and you'll divide it by your VHP. And if that number is below the difficulty, that would be a valid block for the slot. and that's gotcha. essentially how it works. Okay, very interesting. Um, 
so how does the math work out on that then with VHP balance being the denominator? Uh, so that works out that the you basically get one. Um, right. Yeah. It's basically there's a certain level of randomness that is occurring, but mm -hmm. based on like the law of large numbers, eventually over time, someone with double the VHP will be producing twice as much. Gotcha. That's essentially how it works out. But you know, there is a randomness to it that even yeah. if you have a little bit of VHP, you could roll the dice and be, oh, well, I could produce on that slot where someone with more VHP could not because of that randomness factor in there. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So for people with large VHP balances, um, it's going to be uh, much more consistent return over time. Mm -hmm. um, people with a small VHP balance, if you're running a node, you might just hit the lottery and, you know, see a huge return pretty quickly, or it might, you know, you might sit there forever and never get anything. Right. It's really meant to emulate proof of work. So it's like getting a Bitcoin miner and you winning a block, you yeah. know, at home, it's very unlikely, right? Mm -hmm. But if you do, it's like, oh, I spent no electricity and I made all this money. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's how it works, right? It, it emulates exactly that gotcha cool so yeah uh, you could just imagine having a ton of vhp is like having a warehouse of miners yeah having yeah. a little bit of vhp is running a gpu in, in the corner of your room right. you know it really works out the same right and burning one coin is i'm, I'm just running it on my laptop on the side <laughs> right right and that was that is the point right? right that is the goal is to just have proof of work without requiring a hydroelectric power to be profitable essentially <laughs> yeah makes sense um so what's the uh like if you're selected to produce a block well you're there... not selected right sorry people say that but it, that's not really how it works no one is being selected right everyone Thank is you. trying to see can i make a valid block for this slot if not can i make a valid one for the next slot so no one's being selected. Everyone is trying to fill every slot. Gotcha. So right? and yeah. what prevents everyone from being valid on every slot is the difficulty adjusting, right? So if everyone's mm -hmm. valid on every slot, the diff the difficulty will get jacked up and right. much less people will become valid such that you maintain that target block interval which may be five seconds three seconds seven seconds whatever it may be right sure. so it'll say when was the last block oh that's less than five seconds we need to increase the difficulty and it will continually adjust until it's not the case where everyone's block is valid hmm. so no one's selected yeah very similar to proof of work yes yeah interesting um okay so not selected then <laughs> but when you produce a valid block Mm -hmm. um what happens to your vhp like how much vap vhp do you need to have in that wallet to earn the full reward and like is it just cashed in automatically is there a transaction i have to submit how does that work uh yeah oh. there's no transaction it happens automatically um I don't recall what the number, like on our testing, it was something very small, like five VHP or maybe even 10 VHP. But okay. basically, so you have 
and and the VHP is it's taken away from you, right? It, it it like decays. You give your VHP, we repay you back in the coin, and uh -huh. then you get a little more coin, and that's your profit. Interesting. So basically, but if there was no profit, right? You would spend five VHP, get five coin back. You've made nothing, right? Right. Right. So there's no also there's no additional transaction required. It's just part of the uh, the uh, system call process block signature. If you're so inclined to look at the code, uh, sure. That is what is you know doing. It's saying, do you meet the criteria? Uh, you have a valid key, and you are you know the difficulty is correct. And then it says, okay, yes. So you're getting deducted this much BHP. We're going to credit you this much coin as well as this additional profit. Gotcha. Okay. So when you produce a valid block, your VHP decays, right? Right. Right. So uh, if so if you're producing a valid block and then that block doesn't get included in the longest chain and it just gets pruned, mm -hmm. uh, that decay would not be represented in the longest chain. So you, it's, right. it's like you lost anything. Yeah, it's um, like nothing ever happened. Right. So it's really only uh, as part of block production. Yeah, you could. You'll only lose VHP when you've made coin. Yeah. Okay. So there's no like you know you're gonna lose it even if you don't make coin. It's correct. Only... You will, if you lost VHP, you've made profit already. Gotcha. Okay. Very interesting. The, the profit is guaranteed. The time horizon is not. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, you will never lose VHP and not make profit from it. So right, gotcha. I mean, you can if you go swap it on CoinDX or something like that. Right? Yeah, there's ways to lose money, sure. But yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying the system is not is will never take your VHP and not give you more coin than the VHP equivalent. Yeah, so. makes sense. Um. So for for smaller participants who maybe don't have five or ten coin to burn, which isn't very many people right now, but down the line, um, yeah. when coins more expensive and it's harder to to come in, um, well, where you come in and make a mining pool for them. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's where you can burn and you can participate in the mining pool. Still get some profit out of the deal. Um, yeah. without being either you know too low a balance or or whatever. Yeah, another interesting part that maybe maybe you didn't even know to ask hmm. is that in addition to VHP, block producers will actually require mana. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is well known, but I would like to make it known now. Okay. Um, so you know, in, in a block, you'll have a bunch of transactions, right? In those yeah. transactions, users are paying the mana, right? Users yep. who created those transactions. Outside of those transactions, there is additional processing that occurs. Mm. That in testnet v3 was just system resources, right? Yeah. That were just eaten by the system. We've changed that uh, for a good reason, and I'll, I'll talk about that. But now, all those system uh, level processing that occurs outside of transactions are paid by the block producer. Okay. So it's 
you know, right now on our internal testnet, obviously it's super cheap, right? It's a smidge of mana, right? Yeah. And that will, you know, it, obviously it'll scale with the XYK market maker of the resource. So, you know, mm -hmm. if, if compute gets expensive, compute will cost, you know, it'll cost you a little more mana. But but just know that as a block producer, you will have to have the HP, but also have some liquid coin giving you mana. Gotcha. Because there this actually closes the loop. There are no unpaid for resources anymore. Cool. But the reason for this is that our blocks are upgradable, right? Mm -hmm. You can just add arbitrary data to blocks, right? And so you don't want to open up a security vulnerability where some block producers just making these unnecessary fat blocks, right? <laughs> because it is upgradable by design. Yeah. So it has to be paid for. Gotcha. And so that's why the block producer pays for the extraneous block you know, computation, disk storage, and network bandwidth. That makes sense. So, yeah. so then it, it extends that if you're voting on a proposal as part of block production, mm -hmm. that's a little bit more mana. Exactly. If yeah. you if you if you vote on a hundred proposals yep. and just leave them in there and never clear them out, like even if the proposal already went through, it's applied, but you just leave it in the block. Mm. You'll be paying for that because you didn't clean it out. You don't need it there anymore, but you will pay that in mana. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Kind of incentivizes people to clean up after themselves too. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a nice feature. That's good. Uh, <laughs> so then it, it makes sense. So now miners are going to need to look at how much VHP they have, how much coin they have, and just monitor that they have enough liquid coin to support all the blocks they're producing. Right. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah, and and you know because they were being rewarded coin, uh, yeah. they're getting a hundred percent mana in there. Mm -hmm. But it 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 allows for a situation where you could in the block spend more mana than you receive. It's possible, right? Sure. But in in all likelihood, it won't be that way. Uh, but it's possible to happen, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, I have one more question. We're just about out of time. Um, with uh, with the burning process, is that like a specific system call to burn your coin and get VHP? Or can I just throw all my coin at 0x0 zero zero and then say, oh, crap, I didn't mean to do that? <laughs> can I no, get some it's VHP? A, it's a specific system. It's not a system call. It's an entry point okay. on a system contract. OK, gotcha. So on on the proof of burn contract, mm -hmm. there is a function called burn, and essentially you call that particular function, and it will create VHP and burn your coin. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, it's not just like sending it to the null address. Cool. All right. Great. Um, Steve, a lot of good information in this one. Really appreciate you taking the time out. Yeah, my uh, pleasure. It was fun. <laughs> Any parting thoughts as we uh, as we wrap up here? Where people can find you? Uh, what what you want people to be doing right now? I can be found somewhere on Long Island. <laughs> I won't give you any more information than. All right. Uh, I test that before um, build stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's my message. Good message. Build stuff, 
break stuff, be active, don't be shy. Let's launch. Let's do it. That's awesome. my message. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Steve. This was great. Yeah, thank you. All right. Hope you all join me next week for the Coin Press podcast. Bye for now.